afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything's great and fine with you. Um, this is Musings with Jesus. It's a daily Christian podcast where I reflect on faith, life, and love in the context of Jesus and what I'm learning with him and all of that. And um it's a it's 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 a safe space and it's a space where I just reflect on my experience with God, what I've learned or what I'm learning in the last two, three years, what I would say. Um I reconsecrated my life to God and just reflecting on how the world is and um there are three things that I think I find very fascinating. And I think even more so in this last, this second phase, this ongoing phase of my life. One is the concept of evil. The origin of evil, the existence of evil, and how evil manifests. And I'm talking of within the context of scripture and how I see it play out in life. The second is the concept of the world. In fact, I think that one even fascinates me more than the concept of evil because... There is a world, the Bible talks about a world system. Like when, when and, and the, the Bible differentiates between this system and the world as in, you know, the world that we see it, like the globe, you know. And whenever the Bible talks about this world system, it is, the Bible describes a system that is anti-God, that is evil, that has a mix of, it's like being controlled by some celestial beings and, you know, everything that is just generally anti-christ and that it's a system like for instance the bible is i mean the the devil is described as the prince of this world you know so he's not the prince of the world as the globe he's the prince of the system of the world that hates jesus that hates christ the christ and and is completely fundamentally opposed to everything that has to do with god so when god says when the book of john says do not love the world nor the things that are in the world for all that is in the world the love of the flesh the the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are not of the lord when the bible also says friendship with the world is enmity with god he's not talking about nature or trees or people definitely not because he wants us to love people even though people are in the world he's talking about this worldly system in fact, the best way I can describe it is like, I'm sure most of us have heard of it, the Illuminati whole thing, you know. So it's almost like, you know how the Illuminati is supposed to be like this secret thing whereby, you know, it's doing all kinds of things and that kind of, you know, very evil, very controlling. It's a similar kind of thing. In fact, I think that that whole concept of that people, you know, the whole urban legend thing around the Illuminati, I think it draws on themes from the scripture. I could be wrong. I don't really know the origin, so let me not bring that in. But I'm using that because that's a concept that many people know. But the Bible describes something very, very similar. It, there's a system that is of which the devil is the prince of that system, is the ruler of that system. That system is also described in Ephesians 6 because when um, um, Paul teaches in Ephesians 6 and says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world 
honestly in fact as i'm thinking i'm just like oh my goodness i'm going to go and do a word search of everywhere where the word world is written it says rulers of the darkness of this world so there are rulers holding the darkness over this world and these rulers paul has already told us that they are not flesh and blood and i think you know a big mistake that we as Christians make is thinking that our enemies are physical. It's a big lie of the enemy. And I see many of us spending a lot of time battling, including myself, fighting physical enemies. Fighting a spiritual battle physically. And don't get me wrong, there are some battles that are physical. You know what I'm saying? For instance, you are struggling with weights problem. In fact, even that one, sometimes there may be some, <laughs> there may be some emotional issues behind it. Let me not say spiritual. There may be some things in the soul. In fact, most of the time, if you have a weight problem, it's not just a physical problem. For some people, it's actually a physical problem. It's an anatomical problem. Maybe your your um, body doesn't metabolize well. You know, there's all. For, in fact, for everybody, there's a physical aspect. There's a diet issue. There's an exercise issue. But most of the time, the diet issues, the exercise issues, there are also emotional undertones. There are things going on in your life that are preventing you from living in a certain kind of way. Do you understand? The motivation is not there. Even though you know you need it, it's good for you. But there are emotional things that you're dealing with that are preventing you. And those emotional things, they cannot be dealt with physically no matter what you understand something has to happen in your soul something needs to happen an intervention of some sort needs to take place a stirring up a healing perhaps that can then help you and inspire you to be that person that you need to be for your safety for your health and for your comfort and that was just the Holy Spirit talking to me so such a battle there's no point you're trying to resolve it if if the undertones of your physical challenge are emotional those emotional things need to be dealt with before you can address the physical and that's why you see many people trying to lose weight they keep trying the cycle keeps repeating itself they don't lose you know they never lose it they are not successful and that's because the emotional undertones which is manifesting itself in weight gain or a particular lifestyle have not been addressed to address it sustainably I would say let's address the emotional issues first and again this is where we need God because God can then help us when we yield that to him he can then help us to address that as well the Lord is talking to me here. Okay, so let's deal with the emotional issues. But in the same way, the spiritual, if a problem is spiritual, as it is most of the time, or many times, there is no point trying to fight it physically. So the Bible talks about this worldly system that is ruled of which there is a prince, the prince of the world, in other words, is the devil. And then he has rulers of that upholding the darkness and encouraging its 
the darkness over this world system. And they are called wicked spirits in the heavenlies. They are described as wicked spirits in the heavenlies. So the concept, everything that the Bible teaches me, teaches us about the world, that really fascinates me no end. Because I think that, and I think when, you know, we were going through the charismatic revival in Nigeria, I think there was a whole lot more teaching about this worldly system. Even then, we used to have, you know, like the student, um, what's this called, SU, Students Christian Movement, Scripture Union Movement, the whole concept of worldliness was something, you know, we do certain things, they would say it's worldly, there were clothes that were called worldly, there were there was music that was called worldly music, you know, there was a lifestyle that was worldly, and even though then it looks very extreme, it looked very conservative, like, you know, old school Christianity kind of thing, I now realize that it was not, it was not as bad as we thought, because it at least created a consciousness of a world of darkness around us. But I see that now that consciousness is not as much as it used to be then, you know. I think right now we're not as conscious of the fact that there is a worldly system that is designed and arranged to stand against the the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the children of God and the church of God, and against the power of God on earth and in the lives of men. Um, I I find that the teachings in that area are very weak. Honestly, when I listen to a lot of the teachings, going around a lot of around these days they are honest honestly if you don't have a way of reading the bible by yourself you are, you are really going to be you are really going to be <clears throat> you will not build muscle your bones will not be strong you know just like a baby that is not being given the right type of diet you know that they need to be you know the growth will be stunted that's what i see because there's a lot of stuff that was that was taught routinely in the early days of the charismatic revival in Nigeria, which is not being taught anymore. And um, I think for some of us, the reason why I can even call back to some, recall some of those teachings is because I was, excuse me, I was, um, I've been exposed to them in the past. But in a situation when you may not have been exposed to them, because if you were not part of the charismatic revival of the 80s and early 90s, I don't think you understand. I mean, Sunday service teachings then were like, and I'm talking churches all across, like Lagos, where I was living, where I'm living, churches all across the city. Sunday mornings were teaching expositions and teaching the Bible, in fact, in a new way. In fact, a lot of people came from other churches just to listen to the word of God that was being preached. That was, it was clear that there was giftings of teachings that went across and it was all about the Bible, it was all about the word. And people came to listen to hear the word of God. It wasn't so much about people bringing their problems per se. It was really just about, I want to learn more of God. And and I, it's not a, I'm, you know, most of the people that were part of those revivals, I mean, I don't know of anybody who didn't, become very successful somehow you know 
in their lives, personal lives somehow, as in the fruits of ministry came out in them and in their lives became very impactful, not just to themselves. They, you know, everything just changed for them. Just, their lives were transformed, I mean, really. Um, until eventually, you know, a lot of things then happened. The church became very mainstreamed and very wealthy and the the um, focus shifted from learning about God to seeking his blessings rather than, okay, so, I mean, the way the best way to put it is the focus seeks, um, shifted from seeking the face of God to seeking the hand of God, which is two different things, you know. If you are, or if you are seeking in somebody's hand, you are not in partnership with the person. If you cannot access the person's power, you will continue to be somebody looking in from the outside. The person who sees the face of the master is the one who comes into his inner chamber. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? The one who discusses with him face to face. The one that God reveals his secrets to. The one who is a carrier of God's presence. The one who will live with the glory of God. The one who seeks his hand will never even know who or what he's dealing with that's just the way it is and we have a covenant that allows us to see the face to seek and see the face of God but we have chosen to rather be seekers of the hand of God it's not the same thing at all Christianity in fact we're in the passion week tomorrow is Easter celebrated all, all around the the world. Jesus came so that he would give us a better covenant based on better promises. And part of the better promises is the ability to see God and behold him face to face. To receive of his own spirit. To be baptized by the, the soul, I mean his own, his, his own self by the spirit of Christ into the spirit of Christ. To become one spirit with him. The Old Covenant, Old Testament, the, the, the ethnic Jews did not have that under the Old Covenant. This is a better covenant based on better promises. We can, we, have, we can access the very throne room of God. Enter into his holy place. Worship with the twenty and four elders. Casting crowns before him. You know, seeing him as he really is. That's what the new covenant gives us. That's what the death, the sacrifice, the blood of Jesus has earned, has won for us, has paid the price. But these things, if we do not know, we cannot walk in it. We can only walk in the power of what we know. So I was talking about three things that the Bible teaches that really fascinate me. One is sin. One is, one is evil. One is sin. In fact, I would say sin slash the flesh. So the whole concept of sin and how the flesh works against you, you know, the works of the flesh and how this fleshly body is just something that you need to just really, really know how to deal with and how the desires of the flesh are most of the time contrary against the desires of the spirit and how we are able to subdue that whole contention ongoing while we're in this body, you know. There's just a whole area there. If I want to put them in the areas that fascinate me the most, without a doubt, the worldly system thing fascinates me. And the Bible teaches a lot about it. And then the concept of evil, I think that would be my number two. Because that one, I just don't, I mean, 
it's um and the bible does talk a lot about you talks a lot about it i will encourage you to please if you can first of all get this app bible app tecata t-e-c-r-a t-e-c-a-r-t-a tecata it's a very good bible app it's the best i've not seen any that comes close simply because it has a fantastic search engine and in it when you search any word it shows you every scripture every verse every passage every line where that word appears you can check from you can see that that word unfold it's use it's usage from genesis to revelation and it's very helpful because then you are able to see a, a consistent pattern of how god has been speaking or how god um teaches or shows himself or expresses himself in that one word so it could be faith it could be love when you google evil or the devil in fact evil just say evil you will find out a lot about what god refers to as evil what he believes you know how how you can recognize evil it's important because anything that god calls evil he doesn't use his words like lightly just like anything that God says is good too, we should also pay attention to it. But everything that God calls evil, we should not ignore it. Because on this earth, there is a lot of evil. There is good, but evil... Yeah, there's a lot more evil than there is good. And why is it important for us, or why I think it's important for me as a Christian to know the differences? Because otherwise, I will end up you know what, pandering to evil and I won't know it. For instance, if not that the word of God talks about evil speaking, evil communication, there are certain things that I will say I will not necessarily say it as evil speaking. But when God says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is useful to edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, I then know that that's God's standard. And that anything that I say that does not minister grace, that is not edifying, to the gospel of Jesus is evil speaking as far as God is concerned it's corrupt communication and if I think of the number of things I say in a day perhaps maybe 5% of what I say in a day is edifying and ministers grace a whole lot more of what I say doesn't do that but it's only the word of God that can make me aware of that so end this musing by remembering the scripture that says and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith and um, and that's in fact that's another scripture that still draws on that theme of the concept of the world because when the bible says the victory that overcomes the world you'll be wondering why 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 would why should anybody want to overcome the world yes because it's not talking about this natural world it's not talking about the world as in the grass the trees the mountains and the things it's talking about that spiritual world system the system that the devil is the prince of and the system that exists actually controls a lot of what happens in the world that we see controls the music industry um, sector the entertainment the, you know, 
a lot of what we see, you know, that happens in the world definitely con- controls the financial sector. Ensures that the poor continue to be poor and that the rich continue to be more rich. It determines who really is rich and who becomes wealthy. Um, it doesn't mean that there are some people that God, you know, um, is able to, that God enriches outside of this worldly system. But when you hear their story, they will tell you the things they had to do and the things they had to turn away from to go on that godly, godly path. You know what I'm saying? When Jesus tempted, and when, when, when um, the devil tempted Jesus and said, if you will bow down to me, all the be- glory of this world will I give to you because it has been delivered unto me. He wasn't showing, he wasn't, <laughs> he was, he wasn't bluffing. He was actually doing to Jesus what he does to most people of the earth. And most, I believe personally, this is my belief, I believe that most kings and people who have big influence on in the world have had to make this conversation with the devil at some point, either through human agents or whatever. I believe it. I don't believe that there's anybody who has like billions of dollars who hasn't had to make this conversation with the devil? This same, who hasn't had that same conversation that Jesus, that the devil tried to have with Jesus in the temptation? I believe that there's been a trade-off at some point. It's, I mean, like I said, I, I don't have any scriptural backing for it, but I, I believe it. Well, I do, I do, because the Bible shows me that that's, that's what the devil did. And you see it even in, you know, the lives of so many kings. You can tell... You can even almost tell when they've crossed the line. You can even tell, particularly in the entertainment industry, when people have started selling their soul. You can see the values begin to drop. You can see certain things begin to happen. And I'm not saying that it's not possible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not possible to be successful without, um, how would I say, selling your soul to the devil. But this system has been put in place to make it extremely difficult. That's the point. And um, I think some of some some of you listening will know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think what's fascinating to me is that a book that wrote about this, the Bible, thousands of years ago, I can see it live in the way in which things run on this earth. I can see it. The way this world is wired, no matter how you try, the world will still favor the rich and the powerful. And will continue to trample on the poor. And this happens globally. Some countries in Europe, I would say, have tried really significantly and done really well to change that dynamic. But even in those societies, there are underclasses. People who are living even as in as though they were living in the Sahara Desert. But nobody will ever hear their story. The system is wired that way. It's wired to reward people who don't have a conscience, people who don't have values. And it doesn't make sense that it is that way. But it will continue to be that way because the person ruling over that system is the devil. And the devil got that power because Adam sold his rights to him. Now we, through the sacrifice of Jesus, we have the opportunity to start a different, you know, um, or rather to enthrone the kingdom of God on this same earth as well, based on godly principles, Christly principles, and to show people how they can live right without sacrificing their values 
or within the um, dictates of righteousness and holiness because God is still the God of all and the wealth of the universe is still his. But you cannot be pandering to the worldly system. I mean, and, and that's what Jesus meant when he said you can't serve God and mammon. So I think many of us, perhaps because we don't really understand this whole worldly system and how it works, in many ways we're pandering to mammon and then we're expecting God to bail us out. It doesn't really work that way. Even me as I'm saying it, it's not something that I can illustrate in everybody's life. But what I will say is this. <clears throat> Anything that encourages you to um, do things in the wrong way in order to get ahead, it is, it is clearly of the world. And any job that requires you to lie, to steal, to kill, or to destroy certain things, or to cover up things, or to steal from others, manipulate things, deceive, so that you can get ahead, yes, that's the world. But if you are doing a job, or a, a profession that enables you to live righteous, righteously and holy, and that you are able to really uphold godly Christian principles while doing that job, yes, you are in the Christ economy. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it is possible. But at every point in time, the system that we're in will continue to tempt you to do things wrong because it rewards bad behavior. It rewards that. But I'll just leave it at that for now. And thank you very much for listening. God bless you. We're all on a journey, I believe, of learning more and more of God. I will continue to look to the Bible to teach me what I do not know and to the Holy Spirit to explain to me what the Bible is saying. In those things that may not be clear, I will not form an opinion or a view. But in the things that the Bible clearly describes in language that is understandable, I will hold it to heart. The Bible is very clear about sin. It's very clear about the devil. It's very clear about the world. For that reason, I will take everything that it says on those three things very seriously. Thank you for listening to me, listening to us, spending time. God bless you. Stay listening and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.